Welcome everyone to today's devotion. We are in 2 Peter 1. Um, so we're starting a new book. So we're in uh, 1st 2nd Thessalonians this week. Now we're going to finish the week looking at 2 Peter. 2 Peter is only three chapters, so it's real short. After this we'll look at Jude, which is one chapter, and then we'll go on to Revelation, one of the longer books in the New Testament. Uh, let me just, just make a, a brief note here. Is starting next Wednesday, uh, we are going to start uh, about a four-week study in the book of Jude. Jude and 2 Peter 2 are very similar. So uh, if you're wanting to, to dive deeper into um, 2 Peter and Jude, particularly that of Jude, we'll be doing so in the month of December on Wednesday nights. Um, so um, you can come join us um, or you can join us uh, on live stream. So, so we encourage you to do that. But well, let's start here in 2 Peter 1 on this Black Friday. Um, and what you have here is um, Peter encouraging... Um, at least in the first chapter, encouraging his readers to um, grow in the faith as the primary means of what he'll deal with in chapter 2 is the threat of false teaching. And so if, if you grow in the faith, you will, you will be able to determine what is a counterfeit faith. Uh, I'm sure you've heard his illustration before, and I assume it's true, I've heard it enough. The way the Secret Service, which was originally founded and still functions as uh, the means of dealing with counterfeits, um, and uh, they only later, uh, particularly after the Lincoln assassination um, uh, and, and, and the other assassinations, started to take care of the, of the president, protect the president. So I believe these, um, it was started in the, uh, um, during the Civil War, where you um, um, counterfeit money was all over the place. And so they, they work to do this. And the way they tell the difference between a real bill and a, and a counterfeit bill is if you know the real bill really, really well, then you'll be able to, to uh, discover counterfeit. So to Peter wants us, in, in 2 Peter 1, to say this is what the real faith looks like. This is what it means to live by this faith, to grow in this faith, so that when the false teachers come, and I believe Second Peter comes before Jude chronologically, and so he's, he's warning you of the false teachers coming. Jude tells you, because they're very similar, that they've already come. Regardless, we'll talk about that on Wednesday nights. Uh, I want to skip down to verse 5. It says, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. Now, verses 3 to 4, he lays out, you are founded in the cross, right? It's it's a, a deeper language than than maybe what what we would typically go through in a devotion. But he basically says, you 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 are uh, part of the body of Christ. It's just a point putting. Verse five: For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with a virtue, with virtue knowledge, with knowledge self control, with self control steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly love or affection, uh, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Now, there's a lot there, but really it's just basic Christianity. That when you grasp the gospel, you then begin to grow. Again, those whom God saves, he sanctifies. And all he's saying in verses 3 and 4, salvation. And then verses 5 to 11, sanctification. So what, what does sanctification look like? Well, you, 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 you supplement your faith in the gospel. Virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, uh, brotherly affection, brotherly love. Those seven things. 
right? So, so you would grow in these areas. Basic Christianity, I think we would all agree in, right? Um, now, you should be able to look at these and say, um, have I seen an increase in these? So if your faith increases, you will grow in these areas of sanctification. When you don't see growth in these areas, it's because your, your faith has at best plateaued. So as we cultivate the gospel and let 2020 be the year that we grow as disciples in Christ, which is why we're doing these devotions uh, every day, um, may we take that opportunity to, to grow in these specific areas. I mean, think about it. What would our world be like? I do this all the time. And, and if you've been with us these devotions, you've heard me say this. What would our world be like today if we practice these? Take one, self-control. What a difference this world will be. Take another, virtue. Brotherly affection. Notice, brotherly affection and brotherly love are not defined by tribal categories. Race, ethnicity, gender, politics, religion, none of that. That's tribalism that fuels hate. The gospel fuels love that transcends man-made tribalistic lines. And notice also what he says at the end of verse 10, if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Why? Because you're, you're, you're shedding away the old self. In fact, he, he said there, look, look if, if, if you're not growing these areas, it's because you are forgotten you've been cleansed from your sins. And, and if, if you're being cleansed from your sins, you're not going to fall away from the faith, which is going to be the, the issue of concern in chapter 2. So this is really a foundational passage. But, but it isn't just that, that you grow in the faith, but the key to growing in the faith is to grow in the Word of God. That's what he does starting in verse 16 to the end of the chapter. And, and this is just, just fascinating stuff that he has here. Verse 16, we did not follow cleverly defiled myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved, with whom I am well pleased, we ourselves heard this very voice, born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. Now, notice what Peter just did here. He says, look, what we haven't given you is myth and legend. No, what we've given you is eyewitness testimony of historical events. Now, this is important, particularly we talked about this yesterday, when we talk about like the Gnostic Gospels and other claims about Jesus. Those aren't eyewitness accounts. These are. So when I see people say, well, I believe the Gnostics because they, they go with my crazy worldview, rather than the actual uh, canon Gospels, I have to say, well, why would you believe someone who wasn't there and making stuff up 300 years later, rather than someone who was there writing 30 years later? I mean, it's not rocket science. You don't have to be a Christian to understand this common sense. And here Peter is referencing not Jesus' baptism, which is, which is the way where we see this is my beloved son. Rather, it's the transfiguration. He mentions the holy mountain there at the end of verse 18. We ourselves heard this very voice from heaven. We were with him on the holy mountain. There Christ was transfigured before his disciples, or at least the, the inner three, Peter, James, and John, and he revealed himself to them. Now, now we, we've talked about that scene. We'll do it again when we get into Mark, so I don't want to spend, spend forever on it. Um, but you see here, he says, look, if you want to grow in the faith, you have to trust in the word you receive from the apostles who are eyewitnesses. And then notice what he says, verse 20, know this first of all, 
No prophecy of Scripture comes by someone's own interpretation. Rather, what you find is it was produced, it was not produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is a basic definition of what we mean by the inspiration of the Bible. We really believe in expiration. We talked about this in, in First and Second Timothy. First Timothy 3, actually. It isn't that God um, um, inspired, right? The Bible was inspired, right? It's expired. It is God-breathed. And so God used human authors in human context with human personalities and with the Spirit produce a, a, a document that is human in origin, uh, but also divine in origin, written to real people in real cultures who spoke real languages that with real issues, as Peter is dealing with real issues, at the same time used by God to reach the people of God. And so what is the key to growing in these, these areas? Well, um, we would say to grow in the gospel of Christ rooted in the foundation of the word of God. And when we've got that foundation, then we can grow in virtue and self-control and brotherly affection and brotherly love, knowledge and everything else. That's the key. And let us on this day of greed, remember that. Um, to those whom God saves, he sanctifies. Are you being sanctified? See you, see y'all here, Lord willing, Monday.